the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show. Hey, on behalf Team of Detroit, on the hey. we want to present these buffs to our governor, hey. Big Grits. Throw them buffs on her face, because that's Big Grits. We ain't even about to stress. We got Big Grits. Woo. You can find her in the press under Big Grits. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grits. Throw them buffs on her face, because that's Big Grits. We ain't even about to stretch. We got Big Grits. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Grits. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grits. Come on. Big Grits in this bitch playing no roles. At Excuse all. all the cussing. That's just how I get my flow on. For real. If you want to leave the state, you can stay gone. But right now, Big Grits said stay home. All that protesting was irrelevant. irrelevant. Big Grits ain't trying to hear y'all or the president. How we going to take orders from a non-resident? Talking about it safe, but he ain't coming with the evidence. Uh-oh. Big Grits got them shook now. When it's all over, you invited to the cookout. When it's all over, you deserve to get took out. Big Grits with the bucks on on the lookout. Uh, and she doing it for Michigan, so when she hit the stand, everybody should be listening. She on that pair of bucks with the ice in them glistening. On behalf of the whole Detroit mission. Throw them bucks on her face, cause that's Big Grits. We ain't even about to stress. We got Big Grits. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Grits. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grits. Throw the bucks on her face. Cause that's Big Grits. We ain't even about to stress. We got Big Grits. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Grits. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grits. Grits.
Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is a uh, a debut novelist with uh, a very interesting story to tell for young readers called Fat Chance Charlie Vega. Her name is Crystal Maldonado, and she joins me by phone. Hi, Crystal. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Thanks so much for having me. Did, did I say your last name right, Maldonado? You did. You you nailed it. So great job. <laughs> well, I thank you for that, um, and I appreciate that, and I'm glad I nailed it because I'm usually terrible with names. But um, let me let me ask you this, Crystal. Um, I mentioned you were a debut novelist, but this is not your first writing assignment. No, so I have written a lot in you know, my lifetime. So I started out in my career as a journalist. And so that's sort of where I got my start. Um, And now I've transitioned and I work in social media for my day job. So it's a lot of writing and marketing writing. Um, But this is my first book. So technically, yes, this is definitely my debut novel. It's just I've had a lifelong love of writing and the written word. Uh, And is it was it very different writing a novel versus the other writing you've done? It really was. So with, you know, marketing writing, you're writing in a voice that's not always your authentic voice. You're writing for the medium, you're, keep, you're keeping your audience in mind. And so that changes sort of how you speak and how you write versus the novel. I got to sort of adopt a voice that, was like a teenager, you know, <laughs> the, the inner working, yeah, the inner workings of, of a 16-year-old girl. So that was a lot of fun to just think back on what I was like when I was that age. Um, but then it was also challenging in all of the best ways to have to come up with an actual plot, you know, make sure a story <laughs> was happening. <laughs> can't, it can't just be whatever. <laughs> exactly it's got to have a beginning middle end <laughs> well uh, let me let me ask you this um the the book is uh, written for a young audience was that um your intention from the beginning or were you looking for that teenage voice because of the story you were telling I am actually a big fan of young adult novels, even as an adult. So I'm in my 30s and I still read them because I just love the voices and I really love that coming of age story. Um, So I wanted to write a story for this audience and I had that in mind when I was thinking about it. So I was an avid reader growing up and as a teen, I always wanted to see a character that had similarities to me as the heroine of a story. So I read a lot of, you know, rom-coms and and romance stories and and just teen books in general. And I never quite felt like I saw somebody who was like me, who was fat and who was also Puerto Rican as that main character. And so I really set out to create, create that story and create that book that featured somebody like Charlie Vega. And, you know, I'm and I'm glad you said what you just said, um, Crystal, because I, I was reluctant to to say, even though it was uh, quoting you, that the book is about a 16 year old fat Puerto Rican girl looking for love. And it's a coming of age 
story. It it is, yeah. Well, why were you reluctant? Is it the word fat? <laughs> well, it it is. I, you know, I was when I was very very young, and this goes way back in history. Um, my parents were really funny. You didn't you didn't say things like that to people. You didn't refer to someone yeah, as I, fat. I had the same experience growing up. You know, fat was kind of a bad word. We didn't say that to describe other people. We didn't say that. We certainly didn't use it to describe ourselves and our own bodies. And so for me, I have consciously made that decision to use that as a descriptor because I do think people call me fat whether I want them to or not. And (laughs) rather than, (laughs) you know, I I am fat. Like, that's true. And so people are going to use that word. And so I sort of wanted to reclaim that a little bit and take some of the power back to myself um, and sort of destigmatize that word and look at it more as a descriptor of a body, the same way we would use the word tall or short or thin I'm fat, and that's the truth. <laughs> and I know not everybody will be comfortable using that term, and I think that's totally fine. Um, but for me, I really feel more empowered just being able to use that term to describe myself. Um, and just it gives people a sense of what they're getting into with the title of the book. This is a story about a fat girl, and she calls herself fat, and it's a journey to self-love. What's what's interesting about it is that we still have that um, that phobia about using the word fat in a country that has very high rates of obesity. You would think that fat totally. would be a fairly common thing for people to say. You would think, but it still gets that word, that three-letter word gets I feel weaponized a lot and is used in usually negative connotations. You know, you, we say things like, Oh, I feel so fat today when we really mean, you know, I don't feel so great about myself. So that has just become this word that is so loaded that it's no longer a descriptor. And it's kind of unfortunate because it is a really easy descriptor to use. (laughs) it, It doesn't have to be so emotionally charged if we don't want it to be. And I think talking about that and just trying to talk about bodies and how we look at one another and make room for the, you know, wide range of bodies that exist out there is something that's really important, especially as, like you said, there are a lot of plus size and fat folks out there. Well, yeah, and and we come up with all kinds of uh ways to to try and downplay or avoid the word fat Uh, one of my favorites is Cartman when he says I'm just big boned um (laughs) from from South Park um but with this um with this book did you have the same kinds of experiences that Charlie Vega has in the book So I definitely took some inspiration from my own life. You know, every author will tell you, they get the advice, write what you know. And so I took that to heart and I gave Charlie, you know, some similar identity um, to me. So she is fat like I am. She is biracial. She is Puerto Rican. 
She loves books and writing. Um, but, you know, her story is uniquely hers. So I had the joy of being able to bring some authentic experiences to the book while also giving Charlie a whole life and world of her own. And it was really nice to bring those two things together because I think it helped me tap into who Charlie is and some of the feelings that she has um, while also playing around with giving her her own adventure and her own experiences. And, and again, throwing back to use of the word fat, doesn't that put more pressure on young girls to try to, to live that, that uh, Barbie-like um, existence that they judge themselves uh, by swimsuit models and that kind of thing? Yeah, it is, I feel like, so tough to be a teen girl always, but also a teen girl now where social media is so prevalent and we see you know, so many beautiful people that are maybe not so real in their pictures. It might be a Photoshop picture or it's the perfect angle or whatever the case may be. So I want to just try and start to have these conversations and start thinking about how we talk about our bodies and how we think about our bodies. So I hope that through Charlie's story, they can maybe take some tips from her. So she uses social media as a positive tool and ends up, you know, seeking out some of these hashtags like the fat fashion hashtag and fat acceptance and things like that to help connect her with other people who look like her. And so I think young people today have that advantage if they want to. (laughs) And I think even just, you know, making room for people who like the word fat and want to embrace that, but also making room for people who are not okay with that word. And that's okay too, but we're all trying to do the same thing and just try to get to a place where we can accept one another and be kind to each other, regardless of what we all look like. Which, which do you think is tougher, um, either from your own perspective or for, from Charlie Vega's uh, perspective? Um, being fat as as a young girl, or um, or, or being Puerto Rican uh, in the Northeast. You know, it's interesting because I've never, I can't tell you, I've never lived as just one of those things. I've always intersected those two identities, and it's been the same has been true for Charlie. So it has she. She's sort of straddling these lines in both areas. So she, you know, feels like she's not beautiful enough, not thin enough, not insert adjective here enough to really fit into any one group or or box. She sort of just feels like she's in the middle. You know, she feels like she's too white for her white classmates and maybe not Puerto Rican enough for her own Puerto Rican family. And that's really tough for her. And I do think that that's an experience, regardless of whether people are fat or Puerto Rican, I think that feeling of just not belonging or or worrying that you're too different, I think that's a universal feeling for all of us. We We all feel that way sometimes. More with the debut author of Fat Chance Charlie Vega, 
Crystal Maldonado, straight ahead. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. I know this is a really hard time for everyone. We're facing a killer virus, economic pain, and all the frustrations of being cooped up at home. Believe me, I have two teenagers to deal with. But the worst thing we can do is let up now, triggering a second coronavirus wave that causes more death and economic chaos. What you're doing is working. You're saving lives. So let's all hang in there and please stay home and stay safe. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. The Tom Sumner Program.com
TheTomSumnerProgram.com. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with the debut author of Fat Chance Charlie Vega, Crystal Maldonado, straight ahead. The, um, that, that creation of, of an ideal self, someone who's thin and, and tall and shapely and whiter, mm-hmm. um, is that something that you put on yourself or is that something societal that that you end up creating an image of yourself based on what other people tell you it should be you know i think we take in the world around us so early and it's impossible not to you know we're we're reading books we're watching tv we see communities around us and those definitely influence what we see and what we value and who we sort of create as this ideal person. So I do think there are external factors that help influence who our, you know, our dream idea of ourself is. And then we also get into our own heads with that. You know, we, we kind of allow us to get those things to permeate and it really takes a lot of effort to push back on those narratives and to look in the mirror and be like, you know what, I am happy with myself the way that I am. And it is work. You know, it's, it's an ongoing journey. And I'm in my 30s now, and it took me a really long time to get here. And I still have days where I wish I were a little different. And I think that's totally normal. Well, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, we, we all wish we were um you know, smarter, better looking, uh, more athletic, uh, you know, tougher, right. faster, <laughs> all, you know, all of those things. Um, but how do you go about deciding I'm okay? I feel like it's, it's tough. <laughs> like, so for me, it took a lot of surrounding myself with friends and with loved ones who really appreciate me as I am. And for Charlie, that ends up being really true for her as well. So she has a great best friend who she would do anything for and who would do anything for her and who sees her and just sees like this beautiful and incredible person. And she ends up finding a crush and somebody who has a crush on her back. And that helps her sort of, find herself worth. And so it's a lot of finding support groups, whatever that is, you know, it could be a great group of friends, it could be a great teacher, it could be your family, your parents, whoever. Um, But I feel like it, it starts there. And it also starts in your own mirror and in the images that you consume. So like I, I, I briefly mentioned on social media, you can control it a little bit, you know, and you can start to seek out people who have similar perspectives as you. And then I think once you start to see those messages regularly that, you know, you are beautiful or, or you're worthy, then I think that can have a ripple effect and you can start to believe it, which is really important. Yeah, it's, it's having that, uh, it's building up your own self-confidence. 
Exactly. And just, you know, making room for the fact that you're going to make mistakes along the way. You're going to have bad days. And that's all part of the process. You know, I once read this quote that was basically talking about happiness. And it was this idea that we sometimes mistakenly think that happiness is a state of being that we can achieve, but really happiness comes in moments. And sometimes it's fleeting and sometimes it lasts a really long time. But that really helped me because it helped me think, rethink like just love and appreciation. Like it, you may not have a great day every day and that's okay. <laughs> <And> we <laughs> can just take the happiness. We take it where we find it, you know? How did you um, decide that you were going to write a novel? So I actually have written for a really long time. So I used to love writing when I was in school. It was one of my favorite things to do. And I was one of those kids that just was like, oh, a paper. I'm so excited (laughs) to be able to write. And it was something that I, I did just for fun when I was like in middle school and high school. And I would find myself just like daydreaming up these stories and picking up, you know, an actual notebook and a pen and jotting things down. And so it was something I returned to again and again throughout my life, just as something that brought me joy. And it, it was a way to sort of express my creativity. And so the idea of creating a book is one I've had for a long time. It was like a dream of mine. And I wrote some books that were not so good before I got to this book (laughs) and really got got to a place where I was like, okay, maybe I can share this with the world. But it took, it took some time for sure. Yeah. I've, I've talked to a number of writers, Crystal, that, that always say, this is my debut novel, but it's not my first book. (laughs) Exactly. You don't want to read my first book. (laughs) Um, how much did the the pandemic and this idea of being sheltered at home affect the the book and and getting it out and published and and released and all that? Yeah, so it definitely had a delay. So originally, my book was going to come out in twenty twenty, and then twenty twenty happened, and it was quite a roller coaster. Um, so I'm grateful that, you know, the book actually got moved because I was one of the ones who was having a really hard time when the pandemic first hit. Um, I'm a mom, I have a toddler, so we were without childcare and, you know, my husband and I were working from home, working full time, and we were very fortunate to have our jobs and, you know, have a steady income and things like that, but it takes a toll on all of us to be stuck inside, to not see our loved ones. And it's tough. So it had an effect on the book. Um, It certainly has been interesting to have these like exciting and positive feelings where I get to share, Oh my God, I wrote a book and I get to share it with people and have them read it while also recognizing how deeply unsettling this time is for a lot of folks so I've been just trying to appreciate everything like all of the big and small moments and just hope that maybe this book and this story can provide a little bit of escapism to anybody who might need it 
Now that the book has been published, <laughs> Crystal, do you find yourself every once in a while pick up a copy and look at it and go, damn, I wrote a book. <laughs> oh, my God, all the time. It feels surreal. <laughs> Um, has, it really feels weird. Has it inspired you to start rethinking maybe some of the uh, uh, books that you'd written in the past or, or some of the stories that had occurred to you? Um, are, are you already beginning to look ahead to maybe what uh, what the next book might be? Yeah, I am. So I'm working on a second book that's supposed to come out in 2022, if all goes well. Um, and so this is a, it's a book that also features a fat brown girl at the heart of it, but she is so much different than Charlie. And I hope that, you know, I'll be able to write a bunch of books that feature different kinds of characters who have all kinds of different bodies and different experiences, just because I think that it's, so crucial for young people to feel like they have representation and that they see themselves and their stories told in in the pages of books. Um, it I feel like helps validate who they are. It helps make them feel less alone, and hopefully, it inspires other writers out there. I would love if somebody read my book and was like, you know what? Now I want to write a book. That is such a high compliment. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I always ask writers, um, and I'm glad you you specified that uh, this was going to be another, you know, young Puerto Rican girl that's overweight and but has different personality than than Charlie Vega because I always wonder when writers finish a book and and then it becomes I, I was thinking it might be another Charlie Vega book. And and I'm always curious when I talk to writers that are working on a series, for example, or even a trilogy, do you get to the end of the first mm -hmm. book and go, but wait, there's more? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel that way with Charlie. So this has been, you know, this is like my book baby. And I feel like I would love to someday sit back down and revisit these characters. Because like you said, you get to the end and sometimes you just don't want to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Say, well, that's it. On to the next group of characters. Um, how much of, of Charlie Vega was, um, you know, in, inspired by you? So I think a lot of her experiences I can certainly relate to. You know, I have, like, so there's parts in the book where she goes shopping with her friend who's thin and she can't buy anything in the store. And that has certainly been my experience when I've shopped with my friends who are thin and, you know, I've got to look at purses because I can't fit into anything and they get to buy these beautiful clothes. So some of those small moments are part of my, part of my life, but you know, it is a work of fiction and she gets to have her own adventures that I, I never got to have. But one of my favorite things from my real life that made it into the book is actually the character of Brian, who is the person she has a crush on. So this character was fully inspired by my husband because the two of us met when we were in high school, also sharing an art class, which is how the two of them meet. And so that's been really nice to just sort of reminisce on the beginnings of our relationship and Think about all of those butterflies and those like first 
moments that I had with my husband and kind of give that to Charlie and to Brian. It's been nice. Well, different writers describe this different ways. Um, do you start out with a cast of characters and then come up with things that might happen to them that they might get themselves into? Or do you have a story and then you have to create characters to cast in that story? I think I have always started out with a character in mind. And I, I just suddenly I know this person in my head and it's like okay now what where is this person going what are they doing what adventure are they going to go on what are they struggling with so i feel like for me the plot comes later (laughs) for better or worse because sometimes it's like well i've got this great character and i have no idea what they're going to do so (laughs) it can be good and bad (laughs) does the character start talking to you saying one day i went you know out for a walk and this happened and that happened is that does it kind of unfold like that or um or or do you write from an outline where you clearly have certain points you want to work into the story well so it's interesting because when i started this book fat chance charlie vega i didn't really have an outline it was more i had the character of charlie i knew i wanted her to fall in love and I knew I wanted her to have a friend who was really close to her. And that was kind of it. So it was more fluid and me just kind of writing and sort of seeing where it took me. But then I've now worked on a second book and I'm starting a third. And those have been much more outline oriented. And I think part of that is every book is different. So every time you sit down to write, it might be a little different. And then also I have the joy of deadlines now to worry about. <laughs> so I've got to stay on task. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Deadlines do change it a little bit. Um, are, are they you, sure do. <laughs> are, are you a pretty disciplined writer, Crystal? Do you, uh, you know, sit down to a blank screen and, and know that when you get up you're going to have a thousand words or ten pages or You know, I... Or do you binge write? (laughs) (laughs) I am definitely a binge writer. So I will go through periods of time where I'm not really writing much at all. And then sometimes it'll be, you know, a month or two where I'm writing thousands of words every day. And it really depends. And I have to say, um, I had a lot more freedom before the pandemic and before I became a parent because I had much more time. And so now I, I do have to be a little bit more disciplined and sort of decide, okay, I need to get this done. So on this date at this time, I'm sitting down for this amount of time so that I can hopefully hit this word goal. So I'm, I'm becoming more disciplined, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't mean that binge writing is, is undisciplined, but there are some people that are just really on task somebody and i i share this story with a lot of writers um crystal i i saw an interview it wasn't one that i did with uh stephen king and they asked him Mm -hmm. if he wrote to a muse or to a schedule and he said oh always to the muse but fortunately the muse shows up every morning at nine (laughs) o'clock Great, I love that. <laughs> I, I I thought you might I, I thought you might appreciate that as you evolve into uh, a more quote disciplined uh, disciplined writer. Um, 
with uh, will you continue to to gear your books to young adults? I think so. Um, so I just love. I honestly just love the coming of age experience and that sort of time period in your life when you're figuring everything out for the first time. You're deciding who you want to be, and so much is happening to you and around you. And when you're a teenager, you want to have so much control over your life, but you kind of don't, right? You're, you're living with adults who are telling you what to do. You're going to school. And so there's a lot that's not within your control. And I just find that dichotomy really fascinating. And I think you're going through so much when you're a teen. I would love to continue to write to those people and basically say to young people, like, I see you, I hear you, and your experience is valid, and you're going to get through this, and you're going to be okay. Well, Crystal, the, the name of the book is Fat Chance Charlie Vega. We know that the protagonist is Charlie Vega. And and I'm curious about the name Charlie, but I'm also considered uh, curious about how you came up with the title, the idea that you were going to call the book Fat Chance Charlie Vega. So the name is honestly just a name I really loved. So her name is Charlotte, and I love names that can have sort of that unisex nickname. So gotcha. Charlie, I think, is a yeah, it's a great nickname. So um, that's why I went with that. And you have the freedom when you're a writer to just pick names you like, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> and the title, so originally it started out with a different title, and it was going to be called Seconds. And it was basically uh, going to, I was envisioning it as a play on a couple of things, like you coming in second place and you feel like you can't measure up but also this idea that sometimes when we're eating, we go back for a plate of seconds. And so that was the idea with that. But it was not as, like, cheeky and fun, I think, as a title. And you, you don't get it right away <laughs> as you do with the, the phrase Fat Chance Charlie Vega. You're like, you know exactly what you're getting into with this story when you read that. You know it's about a fat girl. You know it's about Charlie Vega. And you can see that she's maybe a little doubtful about herself, or maybe the world is a little bit doubtful about her. So I'm really happy with what we ended up with. And I think it is a little playful, too, which, you know, who I love being playful, so it works for me. <laughs> well, and you've gotten a lot of uh, really good reviews about um, uh, about sort of the, the wit and, and humor um, in some sometimes very serious uh, emotions, and it's um, you're off to a great start here, Crystal, and and it's a real pleasure and an honor to to meet you and get to know you a little bit. We're pretty much out of time, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website? I do. So I'm at crystalwrote.com. So wrote as in the past tense of write. <laughs> and you can also follow me if you're on Instagram or on Twitter under the same handle, Crystal Wrote. And I would love to hear from readers, honestly, anybody. Just connect with me and let's chat. Well, Crystal, thanks so much. And best of luck with, uh, with this book and uh, all the ones to come. Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure, Tom. Thank you for having me. Take care.
That was uh, the author of a new book called Fat Chance Charlie Vega. Her name is Crystal Maldonado. And uh, as uh, one person who wrote to me about her said, um, if you haven't heard of Crystal Maldonado yet, you will. And with that, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program right after this. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. I would like to explain how it came to pass that I got fat. Ladies and gentlemen, I got fat as a public service. When I was a child, my mother said to me, clean the plate because children are starving in Europe. And I might point out that that was years before the Marshall Plan was ever heard of. So I would clean the plate four, five, six times a day because somehow I felt that that would keep the children from starving in Europe. But I was wrong. They kept starving and I got fat. So I would like to say to every one of you who is either skinny or in some other way normal, when you walk out on the street and you see a fat person, do not scoff at that fat person. Oh no, take off your hat, hold it over your heart, lift your chin up high, and in a proud, happy voice, say to him, Hail to thee, fat person! You kept us out of war! This was another Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. 
Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing, or if you're worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. (laughs) The Bickersons have retired. As usual, Mrs. Bickerson tosses restlessly while her husband, John Insomniac Extraordinary, provides this audible testimony of his constant wakefulness. Let's listen. the love of heaven, what is he doing? John. John! John! What's the matter with you? You are making the most frightful noises. What's the matter? What's the matter, Blanche? Are you in pain? I've got a terrible headache. Haven't slept a wink. You've been sleeping like a felled ox. Head aches. You wouldn't have such a headache if you didn't make so many cocktails before dinner. Why do you do that, John? Always do it. Why? No good to eat on an empty stomach. Put out the lights, please. The lights are out. How would you know anyway with that sleep shade on? Well, something's flashing in my head. Ow! Take an aspirin. Okay. Hmm, feel better already. How can you chew those things like that? Wash it down with something. All right. Ah. John Bickerson, you washed it down with bourbon. You lied to me. You got the lights on. Yes, I'm going to keep them on. Sit up. I want to talk to you. Please, Blanche, I can't sit up. My head will fall off. Why do you always have to talk in the middle of the night? When else can I talk to you? You come home for dinner and bury your head in the paper. Never a word out of you. And you tell me you've got to go to bed early because you have insomnia. Well, I have. It takes me hours to fall asleep. It took you all of 30 seconds tonight. Well, this was a good night. Good night. John. John. Hmm? I went over to see the Marvin's new baby this afternoon. It's a beautiful child. Do you know their first one is over a year old? I hope so. He's been walking since he was eight months. He must be awful tired. I am too. Children are such a blessing. Mm. It's wonderful to watch them grow up. You'd be surprised how many childless couples are adopting children. I'd better have another aspirin. Boy, have I got a headache. Mm. John, Mm? don't you miss the patter of tiny feet around the house? No, I don't, Blanche. Children are wonderful, all right, but you have to be able to afford them. All this talk of adopting. What the devil is that? What's what? That. Put the lights on. John. Blanche, don't tell me that you went out and... It's only a dog, silly. A dog? What do we need dogs for? I got a little puppy. Where's the aspirin? What did you get a dog for? Now, don't get hysterical. Where is the little beast? I can hear it, but I can't see it. 
He's right there, in the bureau. I've got him in your shirt drawer. You put him in there with my shirt? He won't suffocate. The drawer's open. Blanche, you know I'm allergic to dog hair. It gives me sinus trouble. Where's the aspirin? You are just a big hypochondriac. You imagine those allergies like you do your insomnia. I tell you, I'm allergic to dogs. They make me... make me... Get rid of that thing. He'll whine all night and keep me awake. The man said he'll keep quiet if you give him one of those worm pills. Well, where are they? On the night table by your bed. How do you give a dog... Where... They're on the night table by your bed. There's nothing here except the aspirins. The aspirins are in the medicine cabinet. How can they be in the... Blanche, what have I been eating? No wonder my headache won't go away. Why do you do these things to me? Send for a doctor. Don't carry on so. If they're good for a dog, they won't hurt you. Go to sleep. Go to sleep, she tells me. Here I am dying from dog poisoning. My, my head is splitting. She knows I'm allergic to dogs, hides the aspirin, and makes... I don't know. Get up so early, never get another wink of sleep as as long as... John. John. Hmm? tight. Thanks. I can see how much sleep I'm going to get tonight. We'll have to get rid of the puppy. Now you're talking. I want you to take him down to the dog pound. Okay, I'll do it on my way to work. You go in the opposite direction. Well, I'll go out of my way. You say it, but you won't do it. You better take him now. What? Go on, get up, take the puppy to the dog pound. Blanche, are you out of your mind? It's after two in the morning. They're open all night. Go on, get up and take him. Well, I've never heard of such a thing. You know I went to bed with a splitting headache and had to take a dozen worm pills to fall asleep. You'd take the dog to the pound quick enough if Gloria Gooseby asked you to. How do you always manage to work the conversation around a Gloria Gooseby? Well, if you wouldn't shout so much, maybe the puppy would be able to sleep. What's the use? Good night. I thought it would be nice to have a little dog, especially when we move into our new apartment. Still have a year to go on this one. Our lease expired on Friday. I renewed it yesterday. I canceled it this morning. Amos is raffling off the apartment for me. That's a good idea. Amos is what? Amos sold 500 tickets at $2 a piece, and the winner moves into our apartment tomorrow. Oh, Blanche, no. I... I don't believe it. We'll be on the street. Amos said he'll find us a new place in a jiffy. Jiffy? Haven't you heard there's a housing shortage? Where would he find a place? Well, I bought a ticket myself. It's a wonderful chance. Lovely three-room apartment, large kitchen, big closets. It's worth two dollars, and we might get it. Get it? We've got it now. I know. But even if we didn't win, we get the thousand dollars Amos collected for the rest of the tickets. Look, Blanche, I gave the landlord a $1,200 bonus to renew the lease. So now I'm out $200 and I've got no place to live. Sounds like pretty poor business to me. Why do you make such deals? Now look, Blanche... The trouble with you, John, is that you are too conservative. Look, Blanche... If you'd pick up some of the deals that Amos has, we might be able to live as nicely as he does. Blanche... He's been living at the Biltmore Hotel for a year. He sleeps on a billiard table. Look out. Where's my slippers? What are you going to do? Let me get to that phone. I'll show... Ow! Ooh! Ooh! Put on the lights. The lights are on. Open your eyes. Oh. Here's here's the phone. I know it's going to ring, and I want to be ready when it does. Hello? Excuse me. Drop dead. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That wasn't Amos. I'll get it. I'll get it. Amos! Hi, 
Hi, Jacko. What are you doing up this time of night? Packing, Amos. We're moving, haven't you heard? Why aren't you going to invite me in? I'd like to look the place over. You mean... Yep, I won the raffle. Darndest luck I ever saw. Who drew the ticket, Amos? Fair and square. I wouldn't take a chance having some phony draw it, so I drew it myself. What a coincidence. Get out of here. What's the matter with you, Jacko? You got a thousand dollars coming, and if you're worried about a place to live, I'll rent you the garage. You haven't got a car anymore, you know. Get out of here before I hit you with a cleaver. Okay, Jacko. You don't have to get sore. You better give the money back to people you sold tickets to, or you'll have a lot of explaining to do. Not me, brother. You'll have to do the explaining. I'll tell them you won. Good night, Jacko. That guy will wind up on a chain gang as sure as... Was it Amos who won? I did. Now at last I can go to sleep in my own bed without worrying. No, you can't, dear. The dog's in there. But, oh, nuts. I'll sleep in the garage. Good night, John. Well, that wraps up today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. I hope you enjoyed my conversations with Crystal Maldon- uh, Maldonado this last hour, the author of uh, Fat Chance, Charlie Vega. She's a debut novelist that I think you'll be hearing more from in the future. Um, another interesting uh, kind of a debut novel, if you will, or it's not a novel, it's uh, um, but an interesting story nonetheless, Free and Fearless written by uh, Philip Moser, uh, father of Brittany Moser, and it's uh, a story of um, her too short life, and and an interesting story of of their relationship and her bucket list. And then uh, we started out the show today with a very interesting conversation with the uh, authors of Surmountable, How Citizens from Selma to Seoul changed the world authors uh, brian gruber and adam manier edwards anyway uh if you didn't uh, catch any of those you can always uh, check it out on our website go to the um, show archive and you can scroll through uh and, and listen to past uh, interviews if you join us tomorrow we have uh, musical guest todd gilbert will be joining us with some new music some music that came out uh during the pandemic, if you will. Uh, We're also going to talk about some new technology uh, with um, Ed Benning from MTA, for one, and uh, Yash Jane um, talking about a new new app for uh, gamers to uh, practice fitness. Anyway, tune in tomorrow. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. 
This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.